G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. We always like to hear those sorts of stories of a life transformed. And sometimes it's entertaining hearing someone's story, but understanding how the story unfolds can be very, very important and can give us some context for what's happening in our own lives. Sometimes the early experiences we have as Christians after that new birth that we might read about in John chapter 3 is that we start to go along to church and the way that our life changes, oftentimes we learn to be generous and give. Well, we're back with Wendy Boniface today. Wendy's written about her legacy for her family in her brand new book. Her book is called A Tale of Ten Towns. And so we're talking through some of Wendy's story today, especially around the thought of a transformed life. Wendy Boniface, welcome back to 2020. Thank you so much. Wendy, over the 40 years or so of your Christian journey, you have had the most wonderful experiences being able to travel internationally. That may never have happened if you hadn't learned obedience to God in those early years. I wonder if you can take us back to some of those things that you learned in your early Christian walk that helped you to understand what it is to be obedient to God and see the doors open for the opportunities he creates. Well, one of the most amazing stories that I have in my book is in, I think it's in chapter chapter four of my book, How God Taught Me to Tithe. That wasn't the heading, it was actually called uh, Coffs Harbour, because that was where I was living at the time. That was my town at the time. But I was in an Anglican church, and this beautiful Anglican lady um, called Sister Lynn, she was She was a, uh, a church army person. She arrived in the church to be a, a youth worker. And, of course, I was looking up, loving playing with the kids and, and doing a bit of stuff like that with drama and things with them. And, um, and then at the same time... Um, my husband came home and he said, oh, I've got a, a job exchange over in Nottingham for six months. How good is that? And I thought, wow, that's amazing. And I began to get oh, thinking, oh, wouldn't it be lovely to have some money to be able to travel around Europe at the same time while we're over in England because it's so close. But of course, I didn't have a job at the time. I was just a scripture teacher and um, helping out in the church, but not much, nothing was paid for. And I had no money um, to speak of at all, but we had this free trip to England. And I just happened to mention it to this lovely sister Lynn, who was this beautiful lady, um, young lady, uh, in the church. And she just said, try tithing. It was only two words. And, of course, I had never heard of tithing. I'd only been saved a couple of years, and it wasn't something that had ever entered my mind. I just used to put my few dollars in, you know, on a Sunday, and that was it. And I went home and I thought about it and I talked to God and I felt as if, yeah, God nudged me. Now, my husband wasn't a Christian at the time, so I thought I can't really tithe his income, but I can at least tithe my part. So I worked out what my part of it was and I began tithing. <clears throat> this was about September, October 1983, 1982, that's right. And um, 
we were planning to go over in March the following year, late or March, May, May the sorry, May the following year. And um, anyway, um, so I just started tithing about within about two months. The most amazing things happened. First of all, a, a relative from England who wasn't even my relative, it was my husband's relative, died. She didn't have any children. She left some money for my mother-in-law who decided she was going to pay off some of our mortgage. So we thought, well, how wonderful is that? And I thought, oh, God, that doesn't get me a trip around Europe, but it does <laughs> help when I can see somehow that I sense that God was in it. And then within another week, my dad retired from his job of many, many years, and he said, I wanted to give all of my children some money towards their mortgage before I, you know, so I can finish up and bless them with it. And so not only did he finish off, finish paying off the mortgage, but there was enough left over to go around Europe as well. And I was just gobsmacked. I thought, wow, I could not believe that, you know, because all the, the art and the music and all the architecture of, um, of England uh, and around, of Europe, sorry, got to be mine. I was so thrilled about it. And, and I just know that God was saying to me, look, look, see, you could take my word, take me at my word. If I say it is good to tithe and you will be blessed, Look at me, how I'm, how I'm blessing you now. It was just such a thrill to be able to have that trip around Europe and at the same time to have the house paid off. We came back six months later and, you know, we didn't even have a mortgage, which was just astonishing. Some might think it's coincidental. And when we give a tithe or a portion of our income, a generous gift to God, it's almost counterintuitive that somehow or other that if I give my money to God that uh, his blessing will be on me and uh, those sorts of things that I've desired, that those things might happen. But of course, you were developing and growing very strong and maturely in your Christian yeah. faith and, uh, and this wasn't your first trip to go to Europe because you were doing all sorts of things, including smuggling Bibles into China <laughs> and uh, you had some other ministry trips, like a trip to Fiji. Take us into the detail of what you were doing in your Fiji mission-type story. The Fiji mission was story. Now, actually, Europe was the first trip, so that was my first time when I recognised how God was just blessing me amazingly. But um, it was later on, after my um, first marriage ended, sadly, because I hadn't really married the, the person that God had in mind for me. But um, anyway, it, it ended and, and the church I'd been in in Gosford had said to me, um, uh, and I had to, I'd been teaching drama in, the, in that particular church, and they said, oh, we're going over to Fiji for a short-term mission trip and we'd love you to come over and organise some dramas for the trip for the week. If you could come, we'd love you to come. And I thought, wow, I don't actually need to be asking anyone about this. It was just such a thrill to be able to go to Fiji and with my former drama students as well from from Gosford Christian Centre, which had which had been part of it. And um, and we get to we got to do plays all the way through the week because a lot of the people don't understand English, and so you had these little um, skits where they understood that the pastor would do the preaching and then we'd have the plays. And it was just the most exciting time for me to be able to do that. And, of course, at the end of it, this is the amazing part of the story as well, at the end of it, um, a cyclone arrived on the scene in our last in our last two or three days in Fiji. And we were really, really struggling to be able to get back to our, um, our, our motel, our hotel that we were staying in in Andy. And we thought, how are we going to get back here? 
it was just astonishing the way it happened, but God opened the doors all the way through and uh, he showed me how important it was to, um, yeah, to be obedient and, and the fun adventures we had. I haven't really got time to go into all the adventures, but it was just such an amazing time what happened when we were in Fiji. Yeah. Smuggling Bibles into China too, and there is still a need today for actual hard copy Bibles to be smuggled into China. Tell us about your mm. experience some years back. Well, this was a few years after the, probably 2001, just before 9-11 in 2001, uh, the church I was at was in Ballina and we took a, a team over to um, to China and um, you had to go to Hong Kong first and pick up the Bibles and then we had to pray, just like Brother Andrew did, um, that they, as we took them through into China that they, they wouldn't see it, they wouldn't notice and of all things, the um, the, the what do you call it the um, the scanner had broken the exact time we were there, so we were able to get our Bibles through and onto the people, and it was such an amazing experience. Two weeks in China, um, amongst oh, so many hundreds of hungry people, so many hundreds of hungry Christians were just hanging out for the Bible, and they were just so full of full of the joy of the Lord. It was astonishing to see it. I came back home again after and I felt, my goodness, we're so lukewarm in comparison. <laughs> These people really had such a passion for God and such a passion for the Bible. And that was part of my experience in recognizing, yes, we do need to stay full on for God and don't don't let the blessings that we have here in the West um, overtake us, um, but really to appreciate all that God has given us. Wendy, your new book is called A Tale of Ten Towns. It is autobiographical and you tell your story because you wanted to actually leave a legacy for your own family. You wanted your family to appreciate the things that have shaped you over 41 years being a Christian. And uh, in your book, you tell about your early years as an atheist. Uh, You tell about those times that have changed throughout those four decades, uh, doing all sorts of things, being a scripture teacher, a pastor's wife, uh, running a Christian bookstore, editing a Christian magazine, wonderful things that you can pass on to your family. Interestingly, when you have a travel bug and it's in some ways coloured by your faith, you want to do those things that are missionary-oriented, don't you? Uh, those sure. sorts of travels that you've had, how do you describe the way that God has shaped your own heart as to the sorts of things you'd wanted to do with your travel? Wow. Well, I think in a nutshell, there's a wonderful scripture. It's in Psalm 20, verse 4. As you delight in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. And I just noticed that happened so many times. I, I ended up in lovely places like um, Fiji. I ended up in uh, China, which is absolutely delightful. Back Particularly in 2001, it was just gorgeous being in China. Um, and I've had a lovely, amazing trip to Israel. It was a two-week journey with, uh, on a tour back in 1997, I think, and I got to go to the Feast of Tabernacles briefly while I was there too. And it just confirmed an absolute love for Israel in my heart. And it's made me a prayer warrior for Israel ever since. Um, what else? And oh, another one, he just threw in a treat was Hawaii. My son Matt was, had to go over to Hawaii for a, a conference as part of his church. And, and he said, Mum, would you like to come over and, um, and mind Joshi? He was only a little fella at the time. And, and, uh, and we'll give you all, you know, everything will be free for you. And I thought, what? 
go to Hawaii for free. <laughs> so I've just been blessed so many times by God um, through, the, through those years. And then there was the, the Barrier Reef one when I had a friend that I'd met in England when I was over there. And she, this is an, another amazing story. She, she'd actually um, contacted me and said, oh, I want to go to the Barrier Reef. Um, can you find me, you know, places to go to when I'm, you know, when I'm there? And so I looked through them all and I was drooling, thinking, oh, I've always wanted to go to the Barrier Reef myself, but never mind. And then within it, if God wants me to go there, I remember thinking he'll find a way for me. And within a couple of days, she contacted me again. She said, oh, mum doesn't want me to go on my own, so she's going to pay for your trip over there as well, up to the Barrier Reef. So I've got another free holiday. (laughs) I've just been blessed so many times by God as I have been obedient to him. It's just been wonderful. Well, no doubt so many listeners listening to our conversation are yearning for some overseas travel and those opportunities will soon come uh, the way God has shaped your desires uh, in your overseas travel. uh, It's an inspiration. Wendy Boniface is our guest. Wendy's new book is called A Tale of Ten Towns. She's written it as a legacy for her own family, talking about what life was going through years in atheism and trying out all sorts of New Age religion, but then 41 years of a born-again Christian experience. And Wendy has a wonderful tale to tell, a tale of 10 towns. You can pre-order when you contact Wendy at wendywords at outlook.com. And uh, Wendy will get a copy to you. Wendy, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us on 2020. My pleasure. Can I finish again with the scripture? (laughs) This is from Malachi 3, verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and prove me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And that's how I've found God to be. (laughs) Wonderful. Wendy Boniface and Wendy's email, wendywords at outlook.com. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.